Welcome to the June 26, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and talk about the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host Space Marine, live from space. Bitcoin is once again at a new 2019 high. This time it hit $12,800 at about 1 a.m. Eastern Time early this morning. And it dipped a little lower after that. Around 6 a.m., Bitcoin went as low as maybe 12300 almost 12200 So it found support actually above $12,200. So we literally have support level that's above $12,000 now, which is amazing. The support's been constantly rising the past several days. And now Bitcoin has snapped upwards again to $12,600, and it's continuing to look quite bullish. And this follows Bitcoin breaking through that $11,300 resistance level yesterday decisively. So it really broke through that level around like 4 or 5 p.m. in the afternoon. That's when it started to lift off of that level. And overnight, all night, Bitcoin kept on rising until 1 a.m. when it hit that new 2019 high of $12,800. That's 313% above the bear market low of $3,100 in December. Yes, that means someone who invested at the bear market low has made over 300% profits. And 313% profits, here's a fun fact, that's equivalent to 23 years of gains on the Dow Jones. So if you would have invested your money in stocks 23 years ago until now and held it that whole time, you'd make the same percentage gain as Bitcoin has made in six months. That's how fast Bitcoin's going up. There's no real parallel to Bitcoin. It's absolutely by far the most profitable asset class in 2019 and the way bitcoin rallies like nothing else rallies like that as for where bitcoin goes next it seems like if you look at the all-time chart bitcoin was kind of like getting stuck at resistance levels from the past like first it was stuck below resistance at like ten thousand dollars or so and that was a resistance level from may 2018 and then it was stuck at resistance around eleven thousand three hundred dollars and that was a resistance level from March 2018. And what's the next resistance level from 2018? It seems like it's around 16500 to $17,000. So if that trend continues, it seems like the next big resistance would be like $17,000. I don't want to like jump the gun low and say it's going straight to 17000 But things are looking highly bullish right now. And people are talking about new all-time highs are coming. There's a lot of people saying that. It might be a lot of FOMO hype. And FOMO means fear of missing out. And... Perhaps a lot of the rally once we broke $11,300 yesterday has been from FOMO. And it's definitely a factor in this rally because once people saw that Bitcoin hit $10,000, that's when the FOMO really kicks in because then people realize, hey, Bitcoin's not dead. It might actually go right back to its all-time high of $20,000. So we're seeing plenty of buy pressure even up here at $12,000 because people think it's going to go a lot higher. So what are the reasons for Bitcoin rallying so much? Number one is perhaps Chinese capital outflows. So there was a surge in Chinese capital outflows starting in late 2018 before the bear market hit its bottom. That's when the Chinese capital outflows ramped up. And basically what this means is like there's Chinese capital controls. So if you're a citizen in China, you can only exchange $50,000 per year to foreign currencies. And if you're like traveling abroad, you can only take out $15,000 from an ATM per year in another country. And those were pretty draconian to begin with, like the most stringent capital controls out of any major world-class economy. And apparently it's getting worse. There's reports in China that even people that are within their yearly limits, they're getting denied like U.S. dollars. So it's causing fear over 
if banks have enough U.S. dollar liquidity and also fears that maybe the capital controls were tightened even further without any real public announcement. So this has caused people to like launder their money out of China and it mostly comes through Hong Kong. So the way to measure Chinese capital outflows is to look at the imports from Hong Kong to China because basically people in China that want to get their money out of China, they'll buy goods or services in Hong Kong and pay like a lot extra for that good or service. So let's say they buy a $100 TV or something, they'll pay like $1,000. And then they got like many hundreds of dollars with that merchant, and then they pay a fee to the merchant, and the merchant or the exporter, if you want to call them that, they let the Chinese citizen have access to their money, except now their money is outside of China's capital controls. And the convenient thing about Hong Kong is it has a lot of Bitcoin to fiat services. So in China itself, it's illegal to trade fiat for Bitcoin. But Hong Kong is like right there pretty much in China, except it's kind of like has some sovereignty, a little autonomy. And so it has a little bit of independence. So it's owned by China. It's definitely part of China, but it has its own little government that has some of its own power. And they have kept Bitcoin to fiat trading legal in Hong Kong. And so if people are funneling their money into Hong Kong to get their money out of Chinese capital controls, then... They could buy Bitcoin, and then once they have the Bitcoin, they could send their money anywhere in the world instantly and convert it to any fiat currency or anything they want instantly because there's all sorts of exchanges and crypto ATMs all around the world. So not all of it's being funneled into Bitcoin. They also There's a lot of precious gems and jewelry like laundering going on, so that's one of the top options. But Bitcoin is probably the smartest option, and so there was a lot of money being funneled from China to Hong Kong beginning in late 2018 before the bear market bottom and that preceded the beginning of like the slow increase that led to this bull run so it seems like chinese capital controls and the fear in china and the ensuing chinese capital outflows may be a major driving force in this rally and that would explain why the buying pressure is continuing at a strong pace no matter how how high bitcoin gets because i think an average cryptocurrency trader if they would have bought at like $5,000 or like 7000 and they probably did, they probably wouldn't want to buy at like $12,000. But despite that, Bitcoin just keeps going up. There's plenty of buying pressure. Like whenever Bitcoin dips a little, like it just did it while I'm talking, it dipped to like 12550 and then it's already back at 12600 There's a ton of buying pressure and that might be from people trying to launder their money out of China. So they don't care what the price of Bitcoin is. They just want to get their money out of China. And they see Bitcoin's going up anyway, so they'll buy it at any price they can get it at. So that's very interesting to think about that a lot of this rally might be from Chinese citizens getting their money out of China. And there's like almost $30 trillion of deposits in China. As compared to a Bitcoin market cap of $220 billion, which is like $0.22 trillion. So you can see the difference here. Like, So if only a small percentage of the deposits in China are laundered out of China with Bitcoin, it would cause like the biggest Bitcoin rally ever. And maybe we're seeing that right now. So we're obviously in a tremendous rally. No rally compares to this besides that late 2017 rally. And before I continue discussing the fundamental reasons behind this bull run, a fun fact is from this level of $12,600 and like last time this happened in 2017 was such a big rally. It only took 11 days to get to $20,000. And we're certainly on pace. Like, just look at that 24-hour change on the chart. In 24 hours, Bitcoin has gone from $11,100 to $12,600. So that's $1,500 in 24 hours. That's on pace. It's very similar to 2017. And if you zoom out on the long-term chart, 
this rally looks very similar to that late 2017 rally. It's going up at the exact same pace that Bitcoin was in late 2017 during the fastest part of that 2017 rally. So we haven't seen anything like this since the biggest rally in Bitcoin's history. And certainly whatever happens from here, this is one of the biggest rallies in Bitcoin's history already. The next major factor behind this bull run is the stock market. So the stock market's actually near its all-time highs. Yesterday, the Dow Jones went down almost 200 points, but it was, it's still near its all-time highs. But there's lots of indicators. Like, the debt is ridiculous right now. We're in the biggest economic debt bubble in history. We're talking tens of trillions of dollars of global debt right now. And that's ready to, like, go off like a bomb, pretty much, if the stock market just crashed at all. And besides that, manufacturing and trade data is weakening, and that's a leading indicator that the stock market's going to go down eventually. And also, the bond yield curve, which is, like, basically the difference between three-month bonds, which is, like, short-term federal treasury bonds and 10-year federal treasury bonds. Like, so many people are rushing into longer-term bonds, like the 10-year bond, that the rate for the 10-year bond has gone below the rate for the three-month bond multiple times. And that seems kind of crazy that you would get less of a rate for investing 10 years versus investing three months. But that's the case when people are rushing into longer-term bonds for safety. And that's a definite leading indicator of a recession coming. So basically, if the stock market starts to crash, and there's, especially the bond yield curve inversion indicates it will crash eventually, like within the next year, that would cause the global debt bubble to really pop. And we could see like a really bad stock crash, like one of the worst in history. It's quite possible. And Bitcoin is poised to rally at that point. Because, basically, if stocks are crashing, bonds are going to be going towards zero like they are, then Bitcoin's one of the only profitable investment options left. Besides the fact that governments tend to print lots of money when there's a big stock crash, like we saw in 2008. And that causes significant fiat inflation from all the money printing. And Bitcoin rises automatically if there's fiat inflation. Because Bitcoin's denominated in dollars, so let's say the dollar loses value, Bitcoin automatically goes up in value. In fact, it'd be interesting to know how much of this rally that we're seeing now is due to fiat inflation. It's hard to calculate that, but some of it might be due to fiat inflation itself, like a percentage of this rally. Since we're talking about the stock market, I'll talk about what's going on today. So the futures are up like 100 points on the Dow Jones because literally we had the trade secretary for the United States said, oh, there's we're 90% of the way towards a deal with China over this trade war to end the trade war. And they've kept, kept saying that over and over. Like, I don't know how many times Trump has tweeted or someone in the government has said, the trade war is about to end, China's going to reach a deal, and the stocks go up like 100 or 200 points, sometimes even 300 points, just from like President Trump tweeting that. And then people realize there's no gravity to these statements, no water in them, and the stocks go right back down. So it's kind of like a ploy that the government's been doing over and over to say they're about to reach a trade deal with China. China's already said, like, outright they're not even going to talk to the United States anymore about this. And by the way, that links into fundamental reason number one regarding Chinese capital outflow. So the reason Chinese capital controls are getting stricter regarding exchanging Chinese yuan to foreign currency, especially the U.S. dollar, is because China is really angry at the United States for this trade war. Like, the United States has put hundreds of billions of dollars of tariffs on China, and China's retaliating with, like, similar amounts of tariffs. Well... China can't really retaliate with the same amount of tariffs because there's way less imports into China from the United States than there are imports into the United States from China. But anyways, China's putting tariffs on like everything the United States uh, ships to China, and then the United States is putting tariffs on everything China ships to the United States. And this is why China would prefer to see the U.S. dollar not be the global currency anymore, and they're limiting the access to the U.S. dollar, and that's sparking these Chinese capital outflows. So that's all interconnected, actually, and all fueling the Bitcoin rally.
The trade war seems like it's going to continue into the medium to long term. I think any of these statements regarding like a deal is about to be reached, I don't think they hold any significance. I think it's like a ploy to make the stocks go up for one morning, something like that. So, yeah, this Chinese capital outflow situation should continue into the medium to long term because the Chinese trade war is getting bad and it's going to get worse, it looks like. Fundamental factor number three, and once again, this is all interconnected stuff. So the United States and Iran are on the brink of war right now. If a war breaks out, Bitcoin's going to probably go to the all-time high. It just takes one more bomb going off near Iran and like the Strait of Hormuz to cause the war. The United States says if anything else from the United States gets like blown up, because so far Iran shot down a United States reconnaissance drone, and the United States put new sanctions on Iran targeting the supreme leader, the Ayatollah, but they didn't, like, bomb Iran at all for that. But the United States says if one more thing happens, that's it. And Iran has a tendency to keep blowing things up based on my experience of watching the situation for years. Now, this has been boiling for years, and things constantly get blown up, like, every week or every month at least. And I think it's almost inevitable at this point that a war will break out. And here's the interconnected part. So China is allied with Iran, and so is Russia. So we're talking like World War Three here with China, Iran, and Russia against the United States and the United States coalition. But anyways, yeah, it's interlinked because China is backing Iran. So if the United States is about to go to war with Iran, that would definitely mean there's absolutely no Chinese trade deal coming. In fact, there might be a war with China. I don't want to speculate too far, but literally if a war breaks out with Iran, it's going to get ugly quick. And China and Russia have kept on saying they're going to back up Iran. So, yeah, these are... All three of these factors, Chinese capital outflows, the stock market at its zenith, probably going to go into a recession. And just one more note on the stock market. Basically, since it's at its all-time highs now, really savvy investors see that, hey, the stock market's stuck at its long-term resistance level, so this is the best time to cash out stocks. And maybe buy Bitcoin, because if they cash out their stocks now and buy Bitcoin, they'll probably make a lot of money instead of just losing money on the stock market or making nothing if they put it into the treasury bonds. So even though the stock market is near its all-time high, just the anticipation of a recession might be causing a lot of stock investors and institutions to cash out stocks for Bitcoin. But yeah, back to what I was saying. So Chinese capital outflows, the stock market at its zenith, probably going towards a recession, and possible war if Iran are three major interconnected factors that are probably fueling this Bitcoin rally. The fourth factor that some people are speculating is causing this, and it might be a little bit, but I don't think it's a factor just yet, is in May 2020, we're going to have that block having. So the block reward for Bitcoin will drop from 12.5 Bitcoins to 6.25 Bitcoins. That will cut the market supply of Bitcoin by a good amount because miners constantly dump their block rewards on the market. Because Bitcoin miners need to instantly cash out so they can pay electricity and buy new equipment and other maintenance costs. And so if you do a block halving like is going to happen in May 2020, it really cuts down the market supply. But that hasn't happened yet. That being said, there's been a major Bitcoin rally associated with each block halving. So maybe a little of the speculation of FOMO is because of the block halving too. So that's actually four major factors driving this Bitcoin rally. And... There is a CME Bitcoin futures expiration coming up on Friday, and that's often been a tense time because it sometimes is a pivot point for the Bitcoin market. Like there's been plenty of times in 2018 where Bitcoin was rallying for the month and then the CME Bitcoin futures expiration came and it starts going down. And indeed, CME had a major impact and influence on the Bitcoin market in 2018. Like when the CME Bitcoin futures launched on December 17th, 2017, Bitcoin went down from like $20,000 like instantly. Like the day they launched was when Bitcoin started crashing and the bear market started. 
And during 2018, you could see that CME was, like, playing with the market and they were controlling it. Like, literally, the expirations matched up with the end of rallies or the beginning of rallies in 2018. Or the beginning of crashes or the end of crashes. It was pivot points. And we're still seeing an influence from CME Bitcoin futures expirations. Just look back, like, to the May expiration. So, at the end of May, starting into June, we had that expiration and Bitcoin went down from, like, $8,500 to $7,500. Indeed, there was a lot of short selling going on, and it probably was from CME trying to play a short for the month of June, but that didn't work out so well. Bitcoin just lifted off from $7,500, and now it's at like $12,600, so anyone that short sold on CME got totally wrecked. And this is actually the first story of the day. CFTC actually publishes data, and that's the Commodity Features Training Commission. They show the short and long positions on the various CME features and for the CME Bitcoin futures. And apparently there's 14% more short positions than long positions as of last week. And of course, that's as of last week. We're talking like anyone that was short last week, they got wrecked, completely nuked. So I think CME did try to go short for the month of June based on how it declined $1,000. Like Bitcoin went down $1,000 after the CME Bitcoin futures expiration. And in the past, in 2018, that means Bitcoin would have went down all month. But there was so much fundamental buying pressure from like China, capital outflows, stock market at its zenith, Iran tensions, and maybe block having speculation. The fundamentals overwhelmed the margin traders. And in fact, this is becoming the trend. So in 2018, the margin traders controlled the market, basically, especially CME Bitcoin futures. But now margin traders have become kind of like noise and volatility on top of the main trend of Bitcoin rising strongly. So yeah, now the Martian traders still have an influence on the market, but it's more like a volatility influence. Like there's more volatility on the chart from Martian traders doing their thing with short and longs instead of the Martian traders actually controlling the market. And I think that's a healthier circumstance than it was in 2018. So back to what's happening on Friday with the CME Bitcoin futures expiration. It's definitely important to watch how Bitcoin reacts. There probably will be some sort of market movement. It could be significant when the CME Bitcoin futures expiration happens. I don't think it's going to put a dent in this bull run, though. There's too many fundamentals behind this particular bull run, unless some of the fundamentals change. Like, let's say Iran suddenly, like, is like, we're having peace. You know, we figured it out. We slept really good, and we don't want to have a war. Or the stock market's like, we're going to, like, 30,000, and somehow it goes through the resistance. So, you know, not nothing set in stone, but if the circumstances stay the same with Iran on the brink of war and the stock market looking really bad, and there's a lot of fundamentals for why the stock market can't suddenly get healthy. It's really unhealthy right now, and the global debt bubble's the main reason for that, and that can't really be gotten rid of. So I don't think the stock market's suddenly going to change, and I don't think Iran's going to suddenly wake up in the morning and be like, oh, we're so sorry about trying to cause a World War III. But anyways, yeah, assuming all things are equal, I don't think the CME Bitcoin futures expiration is going to stop the bull run. It could cause some turbulence. So, like, let's say you're on an airplane, the CME Bitcoin futures expiration would be, like, flying through turbulence, but then you keep ascending towards your cruising altitude. Continuing with the market analysis, so altcoins are generally not doing as good as Bitcoin. I do see Ethereum is up 11.2% this morning. Actually matching bitcoin space so bitcoin's up 11.2 percent in the past 24 hours and basically ethereum is exactly the same percentage up and ethereum is now near 346 dollars so ethereum's like one of the only altcoins that i see that has kept up pace with bitcoin most of the other altcoins are in the green but they're down relative to bitcoin so ripple is up five percent bitcoin cash is up 8.3 percent near 511 dollars litecoin's up three and a half percent near 138 dollars and it's been sideways and volatile the past week or two actually so Litecoin's not really gaining, and Bitcoin's gaining a lot. 
EOS is up 4.2% near $7.50 now. Binance Coin's up 1.9%, trying to go back to its all-time high. I believe it's nearly $38 or $39, but it's at $37 right now. Bitcoin SV is up 3.2% near $245. Cardano's up 7%. Tron is up 1.4%. Stellar's up 1.8%. Bitfinex's LEO token is up 3.4%. Monero somehow is down 7.3%, so Monero's having an outright crash right now, which is surprising. Generally, I thought Monero is one of the best investment options, but something's happening to it this morning, and it's down 7.3% when Bitcoin's up 11% at the same time. So Monero's losing big relative to Bitcoin this morning. Dash is up 0.8%. NEO is up 14%. One of the It's like the only major crypto, one of the only ones that's up relative to Bitcoin in the past 24 hours. IOTA is up 6.7%. Cosmos is up 2.9%. Ethereum Classic up 4.3%. Zcash up 1% and Dogecoin down 2%. So Dogecoin is doing really bad this morning too because keep in mind Bitcoin's up 11%. So if anything's in the red this morning, it's way, way down versus Bitcoin and not really profitable at all. So Dogecoin and Monero doing very poorly this morning. The rest of the crypto market is generally in the green, but only NEO and Ethereum are matching Bitcoin's pace at all. So NEO and Ethereum have done good the past 24 hours. Everything else is doing bad. And this keeps in line with the trend we've seen of increasing Bitcoin dominance percentage. So the Bitcoin dominance percentage is like the Bitcoin market cap over the total crypto market cap. And now the Bitcoin dominance percentage is over 61%. It's up over 6% in the past two weeks since Bitcoin started to lift off from $7,500 around June 13th. It's up 6%. And this is very similar to that late 2017 rally. During the late 2017 rally, I believe the dominance percentage went up as high as 67%. So we're getting closer to that. And the dynamics are quite similar. Basically, everyone's rushing out of altcoins and into Bitcoin because Bitcoin's beating everything consistently day after day. So people that might have messed up at first and had altcoins during the beginning of this rally, they lost relative to Bitcoin. Maybe they saw the data and they're like, okay, maybe I should just have Bitcoin because it's beating everything else. So yeah, that's kind of like the thinking that could lead to everyone rushing out of altcoins and into Bitcoin and the Bitcoin dominance percentage is constantly going up. So this crypto rally is really a Bitcoin rally. Bitcoin's leading the entire rally and the altcoins are kind of like shrinking relative to Bitcoin so far. That being said, the total crypto market cap is now $366 billion. And that's just below the new 2019 high that was reached earlier this morning of $368 billion. So actually, that was at 1 a.m. in the morning. The total crypto market cap hit that new 2019 high of $368 billion. That's 268% above the bear market low. But at the same time, Bitcoin was 313% above its bear market low. So Bitcoin is really beating the rest of the crypto market. It's up 45% more than the rest of the crypto market is since the bear market low. Not all altcoins are doing worse than Bitcoin right now, though. I want to mention Burstcoin. So Burstcoin is a proof-of-capacity cryptocurrency, which means you can mine it, like, on your hard drive. It's, like, the only cryptocurrency that I really know of that you can mine it on a personal computer and actually be profitable. Because it, since it uses it's your hard drive, there's no upfront investment cost. You can just use your computer's hard drive. And also, there's barely any electricity used. And you get, like, one or two Burst coins per day, I believe, with one terabyte. And... That's about one or two cents per day. And even though that's not that much for a terabyte, because that's pretty much like the size of a personal computer. So your personal computer will make one or two pennies per day, but it's at least it's pure profit. Like if you were to mine Dogecoin or Bitcoin on your personal computer, you would be losing money. The electricity would be more than how much you're making, especially because proof of work mining uses a lot of electricity, 
while proof of capacity uses barely any electricity at all. So Burst Coin's actually up 150% in the past like week. Less than a week, it's actually up 150%. It has risen from four tenths of a cent to just over one cent right now. So Burst Coin's finally rallying. Like actually, to be fair, during the beginning of this bull run for a while, Burst Coin was not doing as good as even the rest of the crypto market. But suddenly, it's snapping upwards and it's beating like the entire crypto market right now. In the past 24 hours, it's up 25%, and every day I've looked at it, it's up like 25% the past several days. So that completes the market analysis for the day. Moving on to a news story. So Square is apparently enabling Bitcoin deposits. So Square is actually a really great company and service, in my opinion. So they have Square Cash, and it's a very powerful tool. Like if you have Square Cash on your phone, you can actually send money from your bank account to like a friend's bank account or to like a merchant instantly. Like you could take $100 out of your bank and send it to your friend and your friend will have it instantly. It's a much faster and it's actually kind of like free compared to Western Union. So there's like barely any fees involved. Maybe a small fee once you deposit from Square into your bank account of like 50 cents for like $100 or something like that. But anyways, Square is like a really fast way of sending money to your friends and stuff. And then they have the Square debit card and that came out recently and basically they're giving debit cards to anyone kind of like regardless of credit score so that's a big deal like that was a big problem in the united states until square started doing this so if you were in the united states and your credit score wasn't that good and most people's credit scores is not good something happens in life at some point that ruins the credit score this is kind of how it goes for most people so they would go to even like a credit union like a small bank like big banks they would have no chance of getting a checking account and a debit card and then they would go to the credit union because that's like the advice people give go to the credit union and get your bank account even the credit unions and local banks are not giving out bank accounts or debit cards to people with bad credit ratings but square is giving out basically a bank account and a debit card and the square bank account i think is better than any other bank account it's really really fast and there's like no fees practically so you could send money instantly to your friends from your square bank account quote unquote and then you could have a square visa card so that's pretty big stuff and it's a big deal in the united states and it's given a lot of people freedom and they've had a bitcoin buying service since like late 2017 so you could buy a bitcoin on square and you have to sign up and verify yourself for that and even though it was a fast way to buy Bitcoin at first, I don't believe you could withdraw the Bitcoin. But now they have enabled withdrawals of Bitcoin. So that means you could take the Bitcoin, buy it on Square, and then withdraw it to your Bitcoin wallet. So that's a fast and easy way to buy Bitcoin. And they have pretty high limits and it's comparable to Coinbase or even better, the limits for buying Bitcoin there. But they didn't have like you could deposit Bitcoin. So let's say you had some Bitcoin already and you made a bunch of money on the bull run and you wanted to like put some in Square Cash and cash it out right in the Square app and spend it on your Square Visa card. You couldn't do that, but apparently they're doing that now. It's not available for everyone yet, but it appears like there's plenty of people across the country reporting that they can deposit Bitcoin into the Square Cash app now. And so that makes it kind of like a full-fledged Bitcoin exchange. So and it's also really useful because that's a crypto debit card right there. So the Square card, which I just praised for being available to people with low credit scores, which was something badly needed by the United States, it's become a crypto debit card, if this is true. The reports appear to say it is true, but it's not available for everyone yet, but it's rolling out right now. So yeah, if you could deposit Bitcoin into your Square Cash app and then spend that Bitcoin in Square Cash, that's now a crypto debit card. So that's something that's been badly needed by the crypto space, and it's really good for crypto adoption. A crypto debit card really makes Bitcoin a true currency. Like, we already have Bitcoin ATMs and stuff that help facilitate 
exchanging your Bitcoin for dollars when you need cash to buy food and stuff. But a real crypto debit card, you could literally take your Bitcoin and buy anything you want in the world with your Visa card. And so I think this has actually happened with Square, and that's a big deal and really good news. So that will enable people across the United States and maybe the world to just use Bitcoin and spend it for their food and rent and stuff. And now it's a real currency. And it's not only a real currency, it's a currency that's gaining value constantly. So that makes it a lot better than the U.S. dollar. Now for the final story of the day. So Bitfinex, which is still, I believe, the biggest Bitcoin to USD exchange in the world, despite all their problems they've had with like the New York Attorney General's office. And by the way, that lawsuit from the New York Attorney General's office and the New York Supreme Court, it's kind of like on hold for now. It's not done, but like it's taking a very long time and nothing new is happening with that. So Bitfinex is living on. They just did their $1 billion initial exchange offering for the LDO token. So they're looking kind of healthy right now. Bitfinex has announced that they're launching 100x leverage margin trading. So that's comparable to BitMEX. BitMEX is the only other place I know of that has 100x leverage. What this means is you could take like one Bitcoin and get a margin loan for 100 Bitcoin. So if you think Bitcoin's going to go up and you have like one Bitcoin, you can get a loan for like 100 Bitcoins and make 100 times more profits if you're right. Or if Bitcoin's going to go down, you can get take one Bitcoin and then short sell like 100 Bitcoins and make 100 times more profits than you would have if you just would have traded spot. Although that sounds really lucrative and it can be really lucrative sometimes, it's extremely risky because the problem with margin trading is Bitcoin is very volatile and even when Bitcoin's going up like it did, they went up like $1,500 in the past day like I just said, but there was down movements during that day. Like for example, at 1 a.m. it was at $12,800 and then like at 2 a.m. it was at $12,500 and then by... 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. was down to like almost $12,200. So even on a day when Bitcoin's going up like $1,500 in a day, which is about as fast as it ever goes, that's some serious bull activity. And let's say you took a long position at the beginning of the day, or maybe you took it at midnight right before Bitcoin hit the high. Like you could get liquidated if you're going long and Bitcoin just drops a few hundred dollars and it does that all the time. So the volatility in the Bitcoin market uh, can like destroy a long position. They call that a liquidation. So let's say you think Bitcoin's going to go up and you do 100x leverage and then Bitcoin goes down a few hundred dollars for like a minute, you get liquidated and your account gets like gone and all your money is gone. So margin trading 100x can be quite dangerous, but it also gets people really excited. And that's what's made BitMEX like the biggest crypto related exchange in the world. BitMEX has billions of dollars of volume per day. I'm actually looking at the volume right now for BitMEX. It's $10 billion in the past 24 hours. It's like there's tremendous unimaginable amounts of money flowing through BitMEX. And that's because it's the best crypto margin trading place in the world. But Bitfinex basically wants to compete with them. So Bitfinex is offering the same service Bitmex has, 100x margin trading leverage. So certainly that will make Bitfinex more popular. And Bitfinex is already very popular. It's the biggest Bitcoin to USD exchange in the world. And also they operate the biggest stable coin in the world. It's called Tether. And it has a market cap of 3.5 billion right now. So there's 3.5 billion Tethers in circulation. And so yeah, Bitfinex is already very popular. And now they're going to have like the best possible margin trading comparable to BitMEX. So that's all I have for you today on this June 26, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ 24-7 for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join the Crypto.IQ Training Desk. They have made over 400% profit since July 
and it's probably even a lot more now because of this crazy bull run we've been on. And if you join the Crypto.IQ trading desk, you can see their trades in real time. And just by reading their full trade analysis that comes with each trade, you will become an expert cryptocurrency trader. And it gets even better. If you join the Crypto.IQ trading desk, you can ask the Crypto.IQ traders questions in real time, and they'll answer your questions pretty quickly. So joining the Crypto.IQ trading desk is the best way to become an expert and profitable cryptocurrency trader. And also, if you join the Crypto.IQ trading desk, you get access to the Proof of Brain monthly newsletter that Crypto.IQ puts out. And it's filled with amazing insights that will help you become an expert crypto trader. So join that Crypto.IQ trading desk today. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I remain in space.